I hate slime. <sighs> yeah. That stuff I, is horrible. I can tell you anything you want to know about it. That's okay. I'm good. Hopefully my son's over it. We have um, dug enough out of the car in between the seats, the carpet. Yeah. It's like the devil's boogers. Listening to the Nacho Kids Podcast, where we discuss all things step family related. Real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims. Hello, David. Hey, what's your name? I want you to speak in your British accent with me. I don't have a British accent. (laughs) Every time I try to do an accent, it sounds like somebody from Mexico. (laughs) <laughs> don't matter what I was in Japan trying to you know use some of the Japanese lingo and it still sounded like a Mexican I just don't know why everything I do sounds like that <laughs> uh, I don't know maybe there's something in your history we need to look at uh, maybe so hey let's do ancestry DNA well actually my mom's side of the family was um, was American Indian and of course you know you do not look like you have any Indian in you uh, actually I have probably more than you do but no, I do not love like I it. doubt it. Uh, All right. Come on. Ancestry DNA with me. I am not. I am not. Let me repeat. Not giving somebody my DNA. I'm not giving it to some national registry. I, they don't know who you are. You can do it anonymously. I'm not. No. It's like I'm not giving my facial recognition information to that app that makes you age because all that's going to Russia. Okay. You're getting me on a cybersecurity topic. No. <laughs> but Facebook recognizes your face. I know. That's a big problem. Facebook is listening to me right now, probably. Let's start talking about something weird and see if it shows up in our Facebook feed. It always does. And I'm I'm very close to uninstalling all that mess anyway from my phone. You'd lie. I am not lying. Like, it is that bad. And I, I, I'm in the cybersecurity field. And so I freak out about this stuff all the time because I know what they're doing and all the crazy mess is happening. Everybody else is just wandering around, not understanding that we're literally giving away all of our information all the time. And everybody's listening to some or being listened to through all these different things, your phones, your Alexa, your Google Home. All these things are listening to you all the time. They've got articles out where uh Facebook and and Amazon and all these they pay all these people money to listen to all this stuff that's coming in uh, through these devices. So all this stuff, it's not like nobody hears you. They know everything. Everything we're talking about right now, not only is it being recorded for the podcast, <laughs> but somebody's hearing this stuff through the phones that we have sitting right here on our desk. Well, you better be nicer to me. So, um, I'm going to send you some of these articles because you'll freak out. You'll like you'll you'll be like we're turning our phones off. We're, or we're going to remove Facebook from the phones because of the, the things that people are listening to. I did read something that said that um, the speak to text mm-hmm. through Facebook, that they do have people listening to those. But I thought it was more so they could, you know, put my Southern accent in there. Because if I try to do speak to text, y'all, it's bad. Mm-hmm. It's bad. And I thought that that's why they did it. That might be a reason why they do it, but there's always other things. I'm sorry if he scared y'all. He's got me a little upset right now. You should you should do a little bit of googling. On, but what's the what? Why does it matter? What do you mean? Why does it matter? 
Do you want somebody to be able to listen in to every single thing that happens in the house? Well, apparently they have been from what you're telling me, and you're the one that brought the stupid Alexa thing in. It's unplugged. That's why I only plug that stuff in when I'm using it, and then I unplug it. I don't leave Alexa plugged in. I don't leave Google Home plugged in, all this stuff. I, I, unpl- I plug them in, listen to the music, whatever I'm going to do, and then I unplug them. They're not on all the time. Okay, so you're saying that Facebook is the only thing that records you or listens to you. In this house? Yeah, on your phone. What about Google? Any of those things that are recording your voice are listening. All right. I don't want to get on this subject. <laughs> I know. What I'm saying is if you if you look up, even recently, like as recent as a couple of weeks ago, if you look up uh, some of these things like uh, Facebook, there are uh, there are people that are bringing Facebook and some of these other companies to court or bringing it to light even just to say, Look, you're collecting data from people and they don't realize it. You're listening to people's conversations and they don't realize it. There's a lot of stuff that's going on. Honestly, I really think, you can get me on a conspiracy theory now, but I really think the reason why the government decided years ago to start handing out free cell phones is because it's honestly used as a mechanism to uh, survey everybody. And so it's a surveillance thing. And and you can go, if you, you've probably never seen it, but... um Snowden. Have you ever seen the movie Snowden? Is it snowed in or no? S N O W D E N. All right. So Snowden was the guy that worked for the NSA and he, he's the one that did the whistleblower on all this stuff that's going on. You have to watch the movie. He did the whistleblower stuff on all this stuff's going on with the NSA listening to people in America. Crazy stuff. And the guy had to end up fleeing to, I think he's living in Russia now. Because the United States is after him because of what he told. All right. How did we get on the subject? Uh, because you said something about me giving my DNA over to somebody to prove that I was Indian. Okay. Y'all, I apologize once again. But that is your security. That's your security awareness training for the day. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about the guests we have. Have we even <laughs> said who it is or anything? I don't know. Look, people. You don't ever uh, know what you're going to learn from this podcast, and you never know what rabbit hole we're going to pull you down. This is Alice in Wonderland on steroids. <laughs> Woohoo! So let's talk about what we're talking about. <laughs> let's talk about what we talk about. We were talking about, um, you got a guest today. Uh, you probably want to announce the fact that this guest has something to do with your Austin, Texas visit. Yes. This lady is the one that has invited me to Austin, Texas. For the Stepmoms Alive 2020 conference slash retreat slash whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. And David's going to. I am going. You can't see my smile. I've been given permission to not speak. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He cannot be in the same room while I'm speaking. More information can be found on stepmomsalive.com. It is January the 17th through the 19th, year 2020. That's wow. actually like only... Five months away. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, Christmas is ve- not very far. All right, sorry. Well, yeah, I mean, we usually do our Christmas shopping in September. Okay, so if I start saying things I want for Christmas with the whole cyber issue, then you should start getting alerts telling you what I want. Uh, yeah, I usually get alerts saying okay. no. I don't get alerts about what you want. I get alerts about what you've already ordered. Okay, let's <laughs> let's go back. Stepmom's alive. Twenty twenty. Nachos going to be there. Nachos is going to be there. Nachos is going to be there. <laughs> but we talk with Melanie. In this interview about struggles with the blending, balancing the stepmom and biomom role, 
step family expectations, step moms versus stepdads, all kind of stuff. So check it out. And if you can come to Austin, Texas in January, come see us and have some nachos with us. Yep. Even if for some reason you can't make it to the conference itself, you know, maybe we can have like a, a meet and greet one evening. So, uh, but you have to let us know because we're not going to plan something if nobody's let us know. So if you're in the area, going to be in the area, whatever, for some reason you can't be at the conference itself, but you want to do a meet and greet, let us know and we'll see if we can make something like that happen. Sounds good. All right. Are we ready to get in today's I, re- I reckon, man. I, I'm just. <laughs> you just all messed up. I am. So we'll be watching Snowden tonight. <sighs> no, we're not. Yeah. You need All to right. Y'all it. have a good day. Listen to the podcast <laughs> with Melanie Anthony from Stepmoms Alive. But first, let's talk about the Nacho Kids Academy. There is a way to save your sanity and your relationship, and it's called the Nacho Kids Academy. In the Nacho Kids Academy, you will learn the skills and knowledge to properly nacho, techniques to handle stepfamily challenges, ways to improve your communication, and much, much more. Visit NachoKidsAcademy.com and sign up today to join other step parents who are seeing the life-changing benefits of nachoing. Again, that's NachoKidsAcademy.com. Today, we welcome Melanie Anthony with Stepmoms Alive. Hey, Melanie. Hey there. How are you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Absolutely. Tell people a little bit about your story, your blend. How long have you been blending? Stepkids, bio kids, hours kids, visitation schedules. You know the story. I do know the story. Got it down to like, I don't know, 60 seconds. Let's see if we can do this in 60 okay. seconds. So uh, going on 13 years of marriage to my wonderful husband. Uh, we met, obviously, that long ago. He had twin daughters that were three at the time. And uh, so we got married fast and furious, five months. We met and dated and married. <gasps> so <laughs> I became a stepmom quickly. I had been single for six or seven years. So I was very accustomed to me and me only. So I threw everything in. I said, I'm in. And we did it and got married. And I became a full-time stepmom. My husband has primary custody or joint, it's joint conservatorship, but he's got the primary, he's the custodial. And uh, after about a, well, seven months to the day we got married, I got pregnant. And then obviously nine months later, I had our daughter quickly and furiously. And um, it was uh, complicated, but I thought I had it all figured out. I'm like, love will conquer all. I got it figured out. And now I laugh at that because, uh, yeah didn't have it figured out. I didn't know what I didn't know. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, and back then, back then, like it was such a long time ago, it was a, a dozen years ago. It's a long time. There were not a lot of resources for stepmoms. In fact, people hardly knew what the word blend meant or what people were referring to when you said blended family. Uh, and so um, things were pretty rough uh, and it affect, you know, when your blended family is crazy or there's a lot of emotion it affects your marriage first and foremost. And uh, things were really tough. And then I just started reaching out to people on the internet. How can I find support? And I found a couple groups, one in particular that was really good. I got really involved with that. And then through that, just created a a passion. Uh, God grew a passion in my heart because I was living it. And I um, I knew that people needed help. And I knew that people needed to share their stories in order to heal and find strength. And so Um, then I wrote a book with my best friend, Laura Beth, and, uh, 
And then everything just kind of evolved from there. And then I had a, a passion to, a vision to help women, not just one or two, which would be fine if you just helped one or two, nothing wrong with that. But mine was bigger. I'm like, these women feel like they're all alone. They're hiding. And there's so much shame and condemnation. How do we get them together in person? Because it's social media is fantastic. I love it for connection. I mean, I think that's how we connected. But, um, and I've created a lot of really good relationships through social media, but there's something about human connection that cannot replace that. And so um, Stepmoms Alive was birthed. And uh, I had it last year or this year for the first year. And then we'll have it next year in 2020. And it's kind of where I stand. Tell us the name of the book. Uh, Daily Bread for the Starving Stepmom. Okay. It's not published right now. I mean, it was published. Uh, we're having some small detail problems with publishing right now. So it's not available, but uh, hopefully uh, it'll be available sometime soon. Again. So tell us about the struggles that you faced. I mean, you had the stepdaughters. Were they stepdaughters? Mm-hmm. They're twins. Yeah. Just, turned, just turned 16. So they were three years old, Mm -hmm. the ideal time to be in a child's life because, you know, there's sweet little, cute little babies and you can just love them. And so I'm sure everything was perfect, right? Yeah, right. (laughs) 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 Not, um, you know, they say hindsight's 2020, right? I I wish Mm -hmm. what I know now I had known then. You know, I'm writing, I'm writing a talk right now for the, for Laura's conference in September and, uh, it evolves every day. I'm like, well, I should say that. No, no, no. I should say that. Cause this is what I know to be true because I did it wrong a dozen years ago. Um, I think, you know, there've been a lot of struggles. There's been a lot of beauty too. And you see that more on the, on the latter end of it simply because I have been in their life longer than anybody has. I mean, the same amount of time that their dad has and um, the struggles turn into the blessings after a while, but you have to fight the battles and you have to learn to adapt and you have to learn to balance. Um, and I think one of my hardest things to do was to balance my role as a stepmom because I was a biological mom too. And I was a full-time stepmom. I mean, so I'm like, how do I do that? I mean, I've heard, I've heard people refer to Ron Deal saying, um, you kind of feel like you have a, a, a dual personality of sorts. Mm-hmm. Like which, which personality am I today? Um, and finding balance in all of that has been, has been a real struggle. Um, obviously I've been doing it long enough where, um, no, I don't have all the answers, but I have some answers that help me and can help others. But, um, you have to be consistent and you have to continue to be, um, proactive in, you know, seeking God daily and, and trying to find that balance because I can't do any of this in my own strength. It is not me that does this. and. Um, so finding balance and knowing that um, they have a mom, you know, um, and finding that balance, <clears throat> excuse me, with that. Um, and, you know, so many people say, well, it's so much easier when you get them when they're younger. Um, yes. And people are like, it's so much harder when they're younger. No. As <laughs> they get older. And they get minds of their own and their own perception and what their true reality is. It gets harder. At least my story is it's been harder. Um, mm-hmm. So finding that balance in that relationship with them as they're, you know, young, as they're teenagers um, 
teenage stepchildren versus elementary stepchildren versus adult stepchildren. They're all different. Um, yes, they and are. people think that once your stepchildren are grown, no, it's, there's still challenges to that as well. So really understanding that I'm not, I'm not really their mom and mm-hmm. stepping back from that and disengaging in a loving way. Not that I'm not saying I don't care because I love them dearly, but allowing my husband to step in and do what he does best and not trying to control the situation. And that's where I think a lot of the misconception with nacho kids comes in because people think that it's out of disgust for the stepkids. And that's not the case. If you didn't care, you wouldn't even try to find a way to make things work. Now, granted, when I had a nacho, it was out of, um, I mean, we, we didn't have anything else that we could do. It was something had to give. And at the time, no, I did not like them at all. And they did not like me. But I cannot be thankful enough for the things that I've learned through mm-hmm. this journey. And to see where we're on the verge of divorce and the ringleader of the stepkids hating me so much to us doing a podcast with him that is about um, him loving me as a best friend. You know, you've got to really view things, and it's hard. Rondiel, um, we're going to release his interview around the same time that his book's coming out. Yeah. And we talked about that, having the split personality. You almost have to have a split personality. And also, you can't force this bond with these kids. And regardless of how present or not the other bio parent is, even if they're dead, you are still not their mom. Amen. Oh, it's such a... Yeah, not forcing that relationship and having the perspective of, you know, I'm going to be your aunt. I'm going to be your good friend. And that's so contrary to what we've been taught is how to be an adult. Like, I am not your mm-hmm. parent. I am, like, I am not your friend. I am your parent, you know? And it's like, yes. it's the opposite. No, I'm going to be your best friend. <laughs> so it's kind of mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. wow, that's, it should be a breath of fresh air, right? But in the same sense, I'm here on the other side having to be a parent to my youngest daughter, our ours child. So it, there's constantly these saucers in the air that I'm trying to catch before they drop and break, which they do all the time, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. And that's part of the learning though. Oh, yes. So much, yeah. so much learning. I mean, what, every family is different. You know, it could take two months, two years, 20 years to blend, to really have any sort of, cohesion to your family. And you know what? You may never, I mean, I got to the point with my, I mean, I have a, I have a decent relationship with one of them and it kind of teeters on not so good. And then I have a a pretty good relationship with the other one, but Mm -hmm. you have to get to the point of, you know what? I may never have a relationship like I want with my stepdaughters or with my stepchildren. You have to get to that realization. And then once you get there, then it kind of just frees you up to be who you're really called to be in their lives. Yes. That's like letting go of the hopes that your blended family is going to be a nuclear family. Mm -hmm. It's not a nuclear family. It's never going to be a nuclear family. And once you realize that and come to terms with you're not their mom or you're not their dad, whatever, it's freeing. It's 
like the weight of the world's lifted off your shoulders because you're putting this pressure. Society does it. You know, it puts the pressure on women to take on the motherly role. And once you realize that, hey, wait a minute, this isn't going to be like a nuclear family. I'm not their mom. I can care for them. I can still teach them things. I can be a good mentor for them, a positive role model in their life, and even have more impact sometimes than the parents do because you're not the parent. And it's like people fight it so much, though. They want so hard to be the mom or, you know, goodness gracious, we can talk about Mother's Day all day long. We could. Well, it's part of our (laughs) nature, though. It's part of who God created us to be as women. Mm -hmm. When they're children in our lives, we are taught to, you know, stand around them and nurture them like a mother, you know. But there's Mm -hmm. a different there's a different perception with a stepmom because if there's a mom looking in on you that has, you know, an effect on you and what happens um, or, or not, it can really change, can really change things. Yes, definitely. And that's another thing, the role of the stepmom versus the bio mom and how the interaction is with the kids and the bio mom. If the bio mom um, bashes the stepmom, then the kids are definitely not going to tell them, well, I like her. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they're not going to do anything to hurt their mom. Then when they come over, they're going to be like snotty towards you because their mom wants them to be, or they feel like you're just this bad person because that's what they've kept hearing about you through their mom. Yeah. And it's, it's really sad. It's, it's really you sad. You know, so much of that is dictated, I think, by the husband and, and how he manages his own children around his wife slash the stepmom. Um, and what he allows or doesn't allow in his house. Um, and that's a whole nother element or dynamic because some men don't know how to do that. So stepping back or not showing is really difficult. Yes. And then you have the guilty parent syndrome as to why the dad won't step up. Right. Right. And th- that is huge. I know a lady that I was talking to, she said, well, I don't get it. Why does he feel guilty? He's not the one that cheated and ruined their marriage. I said, that's not the point. The point is his family or his children don't have a nuclear family. And he feels bad about that, regardless of whose fault it was. Mm -hmm. And you can't change it. And it's hard for women, I found, to understand the guilty dad syndrome. I don't know why it's called guilty dad syndrome, because I've even got it. So, you know, guilty parent syndrome, I guess. But the... These women, is because they have their kids all the time. They never have to send them somewhere else. Like maybe the bio dad chose not to be in the picture or he's passed away, mm-hmm. something like that. So they don't know what it's like to not have their kids all the time. So they don't have that guilt. Right. Yeah. My son's 14 now, and I just took him to his dad yesterday for six days for his summer thing with his dad. And... Oh my gosh, I miss my baby. I wish I'd have spent more time with him before he left. I mean, it's going to be six days. You you know what I'm saying? Still, he's 14. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think it's harder for a step-parent in the mother role, the stepmom, versus a dad that's being a stepdad, versus a man that's being a stepdad. I think the stepmom role is more challenging because women are fired up with emotion Yes. And men and my husband, and I talked about this last night. What bothers me doesn't bother him mm-hmm. in the same way that it bothers me. Right. You know, we, and we I, feel it deep down in our gut. Oh, yeah, we do. We just we, we get fired up. We start out at an eight or a nine, you know, like mm-hmm. 
Seriously, how can that not make you upset? He's just like, I just don't let that bother me. I'm like, right. how, do you, how do you do that? <laughs> it, it just doesn't. Uh, you know, it's, um, and I'm not just saying it's harder for women because we're women, but right. we're more emotionally involved. We are expected, whether it's um, from being a woman, to be more involved. And you know as well as I do, it's hard for women to let go of that control. We yes. we want to plan everything for the house and make sure everything's taken care of. Because back in the day, that's what women did. Mm-hmm. And it's almost ingrained in our DNA that that's what we're supposed to do. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but... um. With my personality, it was so hard for me to step back and keep my mouth shut. I mean, like, I probably needed Gorilla Glue on my lips. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I totally, I, I totally get it. I mean, and, and I think that if my husband really, truly knew um, how much I have stepped back from things and bit my tongue and, you know, the things that I used to just be like, you know, so, and now I'm just like, you know, I'm like, I'm like, let's take, for instance, cell phone usage. Okay. Let's talk about that. I used to be so hard nosed. I'm like, you will not because this is my house, right? Yeah. My house, my rules, my house, my rules, but they're his kids. Right. But we also have a biological daughter now our kid. Right. So my whole thing has been no, and they're 16, no cell phones in your rooms at night when you go to bed. Well, it came up again the other night. And one of the 16 year olds looks, looks at me and she goes, you know what? I think we're old enough now to keep our phones in our room. And I'm like, what did you just say? But she wasn't snotty about it. She, she was just being really honest with how she felt. Although right. I felt a little violated. Cause I'm like thinking in my mind, I'm thinking, you don't tell me how to run this house. Mm-hmm. Now a year or two ago, I would have said that to her. Right. <laughs> right. This time I kept my mouth shut. She left the room and I turned to my husband. I said, you know what? I'm done. This cell phone issue is your issue now. I said, it's not that I don't care, but I'm done. Mm-hmm. And um, he goes, do you mean that? And I go, of course I do. He goes, oh, I know there are strings attached to that. And I go, no, really, I'm, I'm, it's not worth it to me. It's not worth it. So he, this is, so my husband, he goes into their room or they, they don't share room, but he had them both together. And he goes, look. I want you both to write me a paragraph as to why you think you are old enough and mature enough to have your, your phones in your room at night. And so <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> he goes, are you sure you don't care? And I go, this is your deal now. So I've let it, I'm done. I can't, mm-hmm. you know, as Laura or my good friend, Laura says, is that really a hill to die on or a sword to fall on? You know, it's like, exactly. Not anymore. I don't want to control anymore. I don't, I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. So that's just a small example, but I know cell phone usage is a really big deal in most houses. How, um, how did their paragraphs turn out? <laughs> they were hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> they were, um, I think my husband said something like, he goes, you know about the skirt, you know, the short skirt, keep it short enough, but keep it long enough to make a point, but short enough to anyway. Uh, you know, the one that's vying for, not vying for my attention, but the one that I don't really have a great relationship with, she thinks she needs to prove her point. So hers was like this long. It was like a complete page on justifying why she thinks she's mature enough. Right. Uh huh. And the other one was like, yeah, I'm good. It's about, you know, four lines, four or five lines long. You know, this is why I think I need one. 
And if I'm on my phone too long at night, then I'll suffer the consequences. The other one's trying to like, it was just the two different kids, but yeah, I don't know. I, I think he's making them work for it. That's good. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm done. I'm out. I've walked out of that situation. I can't, I mean, I'm going to tell you that so you can hold me accountable. <laughs> I'm holding you accountable for it. You are not showing those cell phones, I girl. I am not showing those cell phones. Not just, they're not, not just, yeah, I'm going to not show those cell phones right out the door. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. So anyway. We talked with one couple one time and they had a no electronics zone in their house. Yeah. It was a, it's interesting though, because the house is fairly open, but it was, they did not want cell phones in the living room or the kitchen. Because they didn't want the dinners to be interrupted with cell phones or them to be watching a movie and one kid be on their phone. Well, what resulted from that is the older stepkid never ate with them, never came downstairs to watch movies, never engaged in any kind of family time because he wanted his phone with him. And, you know, the lady was like, no, that's this is a no cell zone or no electronic zone. And I'm thinking, yeah, me and my rebellious self, I'd have sat there right at the line. You know, <laughs> my mama said, you can't come in here. I'd, I'd have sat there right at the line and put my toe over it while I played on my phone. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. They are, they are the, the evil, the lesser of two evils. It's like my 10-year-old's involved in slime. I'm like, slime or cell phone? Slime or cell phone? Uh, like, you know? So, I don't know. There's always something. I hate slime. <sighs> yeah. That stuff is horrible. I can tell you anything you want to know about it. That's okay. I'm good. Hopefully my son's over it. We have um, dug enough out of the car, in between the seats, the carpet. Yeah. It's like the devil's boogers. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. That's funny. I'm about to use that one on Abby. That's really funny. Yeah, I don't, I don't know where this came about. We used to play with mud pies, you know. <laughs> now there's all these YouTube videos on how to make slime. Oh, and how to make it sound. Anyway, it's, yeah, a multi-gazillion dollar industry just for the record. I mean, seriously. <laughs> I know, it's crazy. And then I'm thinking, why didn't I create that? <laughs> <laughs> because you're too busy creating nachos. That's right. With, with That's jalapenos. Right. Yeah, it's funny um, that you say that. We have people that, there. you know, there's like three basic levels of nachoing. And one's like nacho light. Um, some lady in our group a long time ago came up with this, and it was like nacho grande, nacho supreme. And I told David, I said, I'm going to make a menu and put different nachos and like the different toppings. Like the jalapenos would be when you nacho the cooking. The cheese would be when you nacho the laundry. You know, <laughs> create your nachos. Whatever you need, you can create your nachos. Uh, you're onto something there. That's pretty good. That's good. That's what your next book is. That's what your your book's going to be on. Oh, Ooh. look at there. Look at there. Yep. Look at there. Different layers of the nacho. Yes. And you know, I was thinking about this the other day too. That nachos, they're a mess. But they, they, they're just, everything's slapped on there, but they look so good. But they're so good, aren't they? Yes. And then you start tearing them apart. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, they need to make nachos differently. This is yeah. what I'm going to be a proponent for. This is what you need to write your book on. There yeah. you go. There's your metaphor right there. Well, I think they should be like more like lasagna. It should have a layer of chips and then meat and cheese and all the goodies. And then another layer of chips and meat and cheese and goodies. Because if you eat all the stuff on the top, there's nothing left but chips. That's boring. 
I don't want to get stuck with chips. Do you? I want some cheese on my chips. Yeah. I don't do jalapenos, though. I'm kind of plain. So let's talk a little bit about Stepmoms Alive. Yes. uh, Coming in January. Very excited about that. It's going to be amazing that, excuse me, the conference this year, the retreat this year was a one night and then the full day on Saturday. And excuse me, the feedback was the girls wanted more. We want Mm -hmm. more. And I'm like, okay, I'll give you more, but you better come. You know, Mm -hmm. um, they wanted more connection. Uh, more time to connect with each other, which is so important. So I made it a two-nighter and, you know, and then we'll end on Sunday around 11. Um, and it's just full packed of some really nitty gritty stuff. That's it's just going to be an amazing, an amazing weekend. I'm really excited. I'm excited to have you come. I'm excited to be so awesome. We're going to have, we're going to have nachos. Well, I don't know if you saw it. Um, I put in my group. Um, I think, yeah, you had posted the Stepmom magazine and wrote a thing yeah. about me coming. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I said something about getting my cowgirl boots ready. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, yeah. we're going to nacho in Texas. Come eat nachos with me. <laughs> yeah, we got to have nachos. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think that that leads me to an idea. I think that's good. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Perfect. I'm excited. It's going to be good. Yeah, it is. Um, I think it's really important for us to, like you said, meet face to face with people. And with technology, I don't know about you, but a lot of times I would rather just call somebody or text them than drive down the road to see them. So with the technology, we're more apt to not have these meetups and these groups. And right, right. When, you know, a stepmom going through a lot, she needs a hug. Absolutely. She needs to cry with somebody. Mm-hmm. She needs, yep. she absolutely, I agree with you 100%. Yeah. I just wish that... um there was a way that we could get more people involved and um, yeah, it's coming. I, it's coming. And um, I know Laura and I've had this conversation about uh, intimacy and I think if it gets too big, then I think you're liable to lose that intimacy. Yes. I mean, and the intimacy is what allows people to be vulnerable. Um, not mm-hmm. that you can't do that in, in the larger group because you can, so, I mean, I'm keeping it to 50 stepmoms again. So the mm-hmm. spaces are limited. So that means you better come in there and sign up, people. That's right. That's right. Even though it's a few months away, make your plans, mm-hmm. sign up. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Find that, <laughs> yep. Find, make arrangements for them kids. That's right. No excuses, right? Make arrangements mm-hmm. for the kids. Perfect opportunity for your husband to spend time with your kids. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. So what else do you have going on? Do you um, plan to write another book? Do you? um... It's funny you say that. Uh, Laura Beth and I have written our second book, um, but um, we're in the editing phases. She's like the slave master. She's like, got to get this. But we we balance each other real nicely because we're both the writers and everything. But but she's the, the, she's the, uh, organization behind it all let's just put it that way um, uh-huh. she likes to edit and I cannot stand editing like I'm like oh she goes you got to get this done and I'm like oh but I say all that to say that um we have a second book but we are in the raw stages of editing um so yeah 
Yeah, you definitely have to compliment each other. Um, yeah. I, I like editing written work, but the podcast stuff, that's no fun. Mm. I, I just, well, you know what? I take that back. It is fun because sometimes I hear stuff that David or I say or even the guest and I just bust out laughing. Yeah. Because, yeah. 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 So that's the fun part. But. Yeah, definitely. The fun part. Yeah. Yeah. So let's see. If you're goal is to help more women with their blend. What is something else that you think that you and I and Laura, that we could all do to kind of come together to help these people more? Hmm. We should all write a book. Yeah. No, I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, I think it's so important to stay connected to ministry leaders um, because we're all in this together. We're all in it to support each other. Uh, but I think what you're doing is great to stay connected, to be able to help. I mean, this doesn't cost people anything to listen to this. Um, mm-hmm. but I think just staying connected and staying in the mindset of supporting each other, the leaders through it. I mean, leaders need help too. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to be fed too. So, um, wouldn't it be fun to have a leadership retreat sometime? I think that would be awesome. Wouldn't that be awesome? Get, you know, get 20 leaders that, you know, I mean, and all because everything happens in Texas, just for the record, you know, (laughs) (laughs) all come to one place, gather in one place. And I think Laura's talked about it a little, but wouldn't that be cool? So we could feed into each other, you know, because ministry work is, is hard and, and it's a job. And as much as we love it and do it because we love it, it's still emotionally and physically taxing. It is. It's it's very taxing. Mm -hmm. I know I didn't um, realize in the beginning how taxing it is. Yeah. And we, we, we carry this with us. When somebody tells us they're hurting, we don't just go, oh, okay, hope you feel better. Mm -hmm. You know, the next day we're thinking about, gosh, what can I do to help this lady Mm -hmm. to make her life better? Mm -hmm. But, oh yeah, I'm all game for everybody getting together. But now I'm picturing a cabin up in Tennessee. Oh, now I'm all over that. I'd be there in tomorrow. Yes. I'll, in the fall. Yes. Where we can have, a, have an open fire with marshmallows. Yes. Outside in a blanket with coffee. Yes, definitely. Oh, See, okay. there you we go. need to plan this. That's a, absolutely. Oh, but that, that sounds like fun. And we can find a killer Airbnb deal. Oh, we totally could. Mm-hmm. I'm there. I'm there. We're going to make a note of that. <laughs> make, a, make a mental note of that one, Lori. Yeah, make a mental note. I yeah. better write it down, girl. That <laughs> mental notes don't work too good. <laughs> You're not even my age yet. You need to be quiet. <laughs> I don't know about that. Tell me how old you are. 52. No, I'm not your age yet, but I'm not too far behind you. Have you had the big five zero yet? No. Oh, Laura Bethren's 50 next month. You're throwing her a party, aren't you? I am. I knew yeah, it. I am. I yeah. Think, yeah. Her sons are flying in. It's going to be awesome. That's great. Yeah. Does she know about this? The party? Because I don't want to release this and her not know about she, it. She doesn't. Uh, but she knows we'll do it. I mean, her, she knows her sons are coming. So. Yeah. Well, when is her birthday? So we can post this after. <laughs> September 22nd. You okay, it's okay. It's not a big deal. <laughs> well, we want her to be surprised. Yeah, totally. Yeah. 
Well, isn't that about the same time that Laura is doing her thing? Yes, it's the week after that. The weekend after that, yeah. Nashville. And that's in Nashville. Nashville, yeah. yeah. Nashville. That'll be another good, another good one too. Another good mm-hmm. retreat. Hers yeah. are small too, you know, fifty women. I'm not so sure how many she has this year. I don't know honestly what the final number is, but it's about to sell out too. It's going fast. Good. That's really yeah. good. Yeah. Well, I definitely agree that it's better to have the smaller groups. Yeah. Because you you want people to be able to have that one on one time too. When um, we have new people sign up for the academy and they join the Q and A call, the members that have already been there, they are very accommodating to letting this person kind of take the stage for a little while for us to bring them up to speed, hear their story, kind of thing. Because we don't want to just give the new members ten minutes, right? That that's why these hour long Q and A calls actually end up like three hours long. <laughs> right? They do. Yeah. They do. It's very interesting and. It's like everything else that David and I do. We can, we jump subjects. We may start talking about the stepkids and then somebody says, well, it drives me crazy when they say such and such. So then the next thing you know, David's saying that constantly. He's like, I'm trying to desensitize them to it. (laughs) Oh, he's funny. I don't know, but I think he's funny. He is funny. (laughs) Like I tell everybody, he's funny the first 15 minutes. (laughs) That was funny. (laughs) Yeah. After 10 years of marriage, you're like, you're not that funny anymore. (laughs) I don't know what happened. You lost it somewhere. It's like when you tell me I love you so much. What do you want? (laughs) Yes, exactly. After 13 years, I love you so much. Why why are you telling me that? (laughs) Yeah. What did you do? Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. That's because we've learned. (sighs) Yes, we have. Wisdom. Wisdom. Yes. We were talking about this the other day. If if we could take the knowledge and understanding more so than the knowledge of what we have now of, you know, hurt people, hurt people. Um, so everybody's struggling with something. Some people are struggling with addiction. Some are struggling with step families. Some are struggling with the in-laws. And if you meet somebody out and they're just kind of snotty to you, instead of taking on the snotty attitude, you just have to think, you know, they're going through something. Something's yeah. really um, upsetting them to where their reaction to people is this way. Absolutely. I think that's really, I think that's important to understand. And as I've gotten older and I've experienced a lot more, um, I'm understanding that hurt people hurt people. Mm-hmm. And in a divorce, there is so much pain. And when we come to a second marriage or a third marriage or a fourth marriage, whatever it is, when we remarry, we don't just have two pieces of luggage. We've got about 25 pieces of luggage. And how far along have you come in your journey of unpacking that luggage and dealing with the dirty laundry that's, that's in each of those suitcases? Mm-hmm. And I have to remember, and that's a really good point that, you know, let's take the bio mom, for example. You know, a bio mom that's had her kids taken away from her, I, I don't know if I'd be able to handle that. Yeah. No. I mean, that's intense. So, and I don't think I would be a very good, I mean, I would, I am, don't have to worry about my child having a stepmom, thank goodness, but I can't imagine how hard that must be. So everybody has their journey. Everybody's hurting. You know, obviously stepmoms hurt a lot, yes, but the bio moms going through, you know, a phase in their life where there's another woman coming in and not, I mean, it looks like 
she's trying to take her place, even though mm-hmm. we're not trying to do that, but we're, we don't know what we're doing. You know, and so you can imagine the emotions that are involved with that. And I have learned that I have got to be sensitive to that. Mm-hmm. And learning that is really hard and compassion. It's in grace. It's just, it's hard. It's a hard balance. It is. My sister, um, she had two kids and then she got married to another guy and had a daughter and things happened. And basically he took the daughter out of state to his grandmother's for a summer visitation, never brought her back. Mm. So my sister lost her daughter. Um, (sighs) Her, anytime she would go up there, she would get arrested because there was no court order saying who had custody, you know, and cops don't really like to get involved in that stuff anyway. And unfortunately, um, it resulted in her using drugs. Uh, yeah. And it ruined her life. But it's so easy for people to judge her yeah. because of that. Yeah. You know, yeah. oh, she's an addict, or look at her. She looks like she's 80 and she's only 40 something years old. And um, it's, it's hard because I know I caught myself even judging her sometimes mm-hmm. because the sister I knew would not have let anything knock her down. But your kid is your kid. And unfortunately, my sister died two years ago, and the last time she saw her daughter, I think she was five, so there was like 11 years. I'm so sorry. And so it's really important for us to remember that, yeah, bio mom might be a piece of crap. She might have, you know, what we don't think are good parenting skills, but she's still human, and she Mm -hmm. is still that child's parent. Absolutely. She's got feelings. She's got a heart. You know, God loves Mm -hmm. her just the same as he loves us. Mm -hmm. Um, Just because she doesn't have the capability of dealing with her emotions doesn't, I mean, it's hard, you know? Uh, So yeah, that's a really good point. Hurt people, hurt people. And, um, you know, my husband just got done reading a book by, uh, I don't know what the name of it is, but it's by Bob Goff. A lot of people have heard of Bob Goff, but um, uh he said to me, he goes, you know, he always gives me the cliff notes versions of books. Cause you know, I'm busy. I'm like, just tell me what it's about. <laughs> and so he does. Right. And uh, so in this book, he talks about, um, you can love anybody for 30 seconds. And I'm oh. like, and he, my husband, and I have a story here. My husband's like, he's trying to tell me one day, I'm having a discussion with him about one of our older daughters and my frustration. And he turns to me and he goes, look, he goes, she makes me just as mad as she makes you. Trust me. He goes, but you need to learn to just love her for 30 seconds. So he goes on to tell me this whole thing that this guy writes about in this book. You can love anybody for 30 seconds. And I go, well, honey, that's really nice. But I really, t- I, I took it to heart. I thought it was a great, you know, a great message. The very next day, I am in Kohl's, the department store here. I'm returning something at 930 in the morning. And who do I run into? Bio mom. Bio mom. But you got to understand, I don't ever, she lives on the other side of town. Like you would have never thought this in a million years. Mm-hmm. And God has a sense of humor. And I tried to engage her in conversation and I kept thinking about this 30 second, you know, 30 seconds. And so it was more like five minutes that I talked to her. I asked them about their vacation they went on. I did all this. And it was a very 
moving moment. It was an out of body experience totally because I don't ever run into her. Mm -hmm. Um, but it was an engagement, but there was a lot of brokenness there. And at one point she started crying and I'm thinking to my mind, I need to hug her. And I'm like, no, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I mean, the fact that I'm engaging her is enough, but I want you to know that I hugged her. You want to know why? Because I felt the need to do it and I didn't do it. And I had two people afterwards when I told them the story say, did you give her a hug? And I'm like, nope. But you didn't? I didn't. <gasps> no. I didn't. All right. You're the third person now. <laughs> I am shocked. Mm-hmm. It's okay. I'm, I'm not judging you for it. I'm, I'm just shocked because I thought for sure you were going to say, and I hugged her. No, I didn't. Um, it made me think of a book that we talk about the five second rule with Mel Robbins. Yes. Yes. Very similar. Yes. Okay. Well, when you said that, I'm thinking you, when you thought I should hug her, you should have done it right. I know. I know. Without (laughs) getting these thoughts in your head afterwards. Hindsight's 2020, right? I'm like, I should have done what I know now. I should have done right. (laughs) I know. I know. I know. But she was telling me a really sad story of somebody that had passed away that her husband was very close to. And so she started crying. And, um, and my husband later on told me, he said, you know, the story she was telling you was very tragic. It was very sad, but she was crying because of the connection that, that connect, that connection of, you know, we have been through some hard years. We don't even have a relationship. We don't co-parent. We don't, I mean, it's just, we are East and West, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but just the fact that somebody took an effort to ask about what was going on in her life was enough to touch her heart. But I say all that to say that everybody has baggage. I mean, you and I got, you and I still have some suitcases to unpack, I'm sure. Girl, you know? I, yeah, I had them in a the closet. I know, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it's, it's, it's a lifelong journey of unpacking our baggage. But recognizing that we actually have that baggage to unpack that's where you have to get to because some people refuse to even admit, I don't have any baggage. Oh, oh yes. Girl. Oh yes, you do. Let me show I need you like two of those trolley cart things. Yeah. Let me show you how much baggage you have. Mm-hmm. So coming to that realization is really key in, in healing and being free. Yeah. David and I talked about this recently too, that um, he and I both came from relationships where the ex cheated on us. So when I would message him and say, Hey, what are you doing? He would sometimes look at that as I was checking up on him because he knew that my last relationship had issues. Right. Whereas that wasn't the case. But then at the same time, when um, something would happen that would trigger those past memories, like if David went out of town and he didn't call like he normally would, it was like I was having flashbacks. Mm -hmm. And then I would have to tell myself, this is not who I was with when this baggage was created. It's not fair for me to dump that baggage on David and make him responsible for somebody else's actions. Right, right. Yeah. And it's hard to do because we yeah. learn from our hurts. <clears throat> right. And we throw our guards up and then our mind, when something starts to happen, it's like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. You've been through this before. Remember when this happened and then this and this and this. And then we get into the automatic negative thinking. I think yes. you and I have talked about that before with Dr. Yeah. Daniel Amen. Yeah. And 
it's just um it can spiral us out of control. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And and hence the reason why stepmoms experience depression on such a high level. I mean, seriously. Yeah. I mean, that's all the baggage. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, if you if you didn't have a blended family and didn't have chaos and challenging dynamics in your blended family, it would be something else in your life. Oh yeah. So I mean it, it it adds to it, yes, but it's always going to be something, mm-hmm. you know, and you have to learn how to manage that. And I just think women have a harder time because they're so, they're, they're wired to be so emotional. Yeah. I know it's a discussion in our Facebook group a good bit with um, stepmoms. They're like, I had to get put on anti-anxiety medicine or I had to get put on antidepressants because of his kids. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, it yeah. may help you a little bit, but it's not because of his kids. Right. It's yeah. It's because of your stuff you haven't dealt with that's right. That's manifesting itself through its children. And it could have been something that happened to them when they were five years old, but yeah. they don't re- realize that it relates. And yeah. you and I had mentioned, I think before we started recording about um depression with stepmoms and how I really feel like that suicide crosses a lot of stepmoms' minds. And I'm not sure statistically if stepmoms are have a higher rate of suicide or not, but I know there have been two people that contacted me and said that they were watching a Facebook Live with David and I and that we stopped them from committing suicide. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and yeah. that's what Laura Beth is going to talk about at Stepmoms Live. It's huge. I think it's bigger than we think. I mean, yeah. I, I, that's, that's huge. That's, that's, wow. You're really making an impact to you and David. That's awesome. Um, but to think that our, our children's friends are doing, are committing suicide. Um, so if, if our young children are, are dealing with it, then, then, you know, we're dealing with it. I mean, you know, yeah. that adults are dealing with it and it's so sad. I try to talk to my son about it. I'm very open with him. Um, he probably knew more about drugs in the second grade than anybody. Um, I just, I've never tried to shelter him from real life struggles. And I've told him before, if you ever feel depressed or like you just don't want to live anymore, you've just had enough, you know, don't just bury that because it will fester. Come talk to somebody. I don't care if it's me, your dad, the neighbor, whoever, go talk to somebody because this is a real thing. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. That's yeah. and. It's sad that we are teaching our kids at a younger age that this you need to you need to understand and know what what this is about. My daughter had in fifth grade last year one of her classmates kill himself. No, yeah, suicide. Horrible. Fifth grade. Fifth grade. It was horrible. So I mean, oh my it's, gosh, it's real. And those those poor parents. Uh, it, it, it's real. It's real stuff. Yeah. I had um, a cousin that lived in Ohio. We had went to see them one summer for our vacation. And I believe it was like the next summer or the next, but we had kept in touch by writing because, you know, then we didn't have cell phones or right. the internet. Yeah. And um, she killed herself close to my 14th birthday. And come to find out, it was what they believe due to guilt. She had a friend that died of cancer and she couldn't bring herself to go see him in the hospital as he was dying. So she like, the guilt just ate her up. You know, when you and I were growing up, going to see a therapist or a counselor was bad. 
it was something you didn't talk about because something's wrong with you if you have to go see these people. And nowadays, I see on Facebook, you know, these people that are close to 25, 30 years old, they're like, yeah, I went to see my counselor the other day and they told me they think nothing about it, which is good. Yeah. It's good that people are reaching out for help. Not take so long to gather people together and let them know that you're not alone. You know, that's this whole stepmom thing. I want you to know you're not crazy and you're not alone. And, yes. he, and you think that you would have given people a million dollars. Are you serious? No, you're not alone. And you're not crazy. No, you're not. Thank you so much for letting me know that. Yeah. You know, they yeah. just want to hear that. Everybody needs to know that somebody else cares about them. Yeah. And like you said, that they're not alone. I know when I was in the depths of struggling with us and almost getting divorced, I, oh my gosh, I don't think I've ever felt as alone as alone in my life. Yeah. Nobody understood. No. Um, I felt like everybody hated me, the in-laws, David even, the kids. My son couldn't understand why I was mad at his kids all the time because, you know, he was five. You know, they could beat him up, and the next day he's their best friend. So it's um, it's very important for us to look at things from a different light. I'll, I like to say that we need to give things the correct emotional weight. Mm, yeah. You know, um, don't wait for that tragedy to happen to bring your family close together. Right, right, right. And the stepkid that you hate right now, not you in general, but the people that are listening, God forbid if something happened to them. Yeah. 30-second rule. You can love anybody for 30 seconds. There you go. Or you can offer grace to anybody for 30 seconds, right? Not even love. Let's just talk about grace and compassion, kindness, you know, 30 30 seconds. Because there are a lot of women out there that hate their stepkids. Yes. And I was there, so I can't yeah. say anything bad about them or judge them. Yeah, um, it's real. It's a real thing. Yes. But what they realize after, um, especially if we can talk to them with the Nacho Kids thing, is it's not the stepkids they hate. Right. It's right. the lack of parenting. Yes. 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 Yeah. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. Yeah, absolutely. Lack of parenting, communication. And it's not that, like, my husband, it's not that he's a bad parent. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have married him if he was a bad parent. One of the things that drew me to him was he basically had full custody of his four kids. Most men do not even exercise every other weekend visitation. So I was really impressed with David and how he was with his kids. But all of a sudden, when I move in, it's like, well, I didn't agree with his parenting. Just because he didn't parent like I did. You didn't dream about being a stepmom when you were younger? Girl, every day, every day. You know it. You did too. We all did. Oh, yeah, right. I can find a book where I wrote it when I was five years old. It says, I can't wait to be a stepmom. You didn't even know what a stepmom was. Well, that's what I was going to say is it wasn't like that when we were growing no, up. No, it wasn't. I, I got to tell you, I, Ron Deal and I were doing a podcast not too long ago, and I, I was really honest with him, and I told him, I said, I got to tell you, I did not know the Brady Bunch was a blended family. When I was watching them growing up, mm-hmm. I had no clue they were blended. I didn't either. Or what it was. Mm-mm. Not a clue. He goes, no. you're kidding me, right? And I go, no, I'm very serious when I say that. And he goes, oh my gosh. <laughs> it's so funny. Well, it was like, me too. Yeah. It's like, oh, no, I didn't know. Didn't know. And in school, there were very rare instances where your friends had to go to the other parents. Every other weekend. Yep, I mean, that was yep. like really unheard of. Yeah. But that's not the case now. That's for sure. No, what's normal now is, and this is a quote 
So there's step family stat is of couples that have at least one parent still living and children of their own. They're called sandwich couples. 52% have either a step parent or stepchild relationship. Of these couples aged under 55, the rate goes up to 62%. So increasingly, blended families are the norm for the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And people don't know how to deal with them because they're trying to make them like those nuclear families. Yeah, right. And that's why they people like you need to keep talking and me. We need to keep sharing education and wisdom. Yeah. Yeah, you can't educate mm-hmm. yourself enough. Yeah. I know um, that's something that my uncle told me probably when I was like 16. He gave me a book, What Color Is Your Parachute? Yeah. I don't even know if they still make that book. It's probably, you know, like archived somewhere. But um, one of the things he told me is knowledge is something that nobody can ever take from you. Right. Amen. And it's true. Yep. But what we have to do and what we are doing is we're sharing our knowledge to help others. Yeah. Or at least trying. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, um, I've had people come to me and say, well, I talked to so-and-so and they told me, thank you. So us sharing our knowledge is helping other people share the knowledge with others as well. That may not be directly contacted. Right. By us. Right. I can hope, yeah. We can only hope so. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. We're going to change the world, girl. We're going to change the world. Amen, girl. Books and all, yep. right? Books, podcasts, retreats. Yep. That's right. We'll see web- webinars, summits, whatever right. you want to call them. <laughs> we got to stick together. That's for sure. Yes, we do. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for um, doing this podcast with me. Oh, thanks for having me, Laura. It's always fun chatting with you. It is. We could have fun off the air, too. I can't wait for you to come to Austin. Oh, yeah. Just don't record me. <laughs> don't worry. I won't have it this year. No recording. No, ce- no cell phones allowed. <laughs> no. No cell phones allowed. Yeah, don't don't not show the cell phones at the thing. You know, we don't want me and you up there talking, acting stupid, and it be all over YouTube or something. Right, yeah. No, I won't do that, I promise. Yeah. But tell people again how they can find you. Stepmomsalive.com is where you can uh, register for the event and uh, book your hotel. So stepmomsalive.com. Have I have a Facebook page and an Instagram page. You can follow me there and like my pages. And I look forward to seeing anybody that can make it. You're, get, you're going to want to come. It's going to be amazing. And it's January the 17th through the 19th. Yes, ma'am. In uh, Austin, Texas. Austin, Texas. Austin, Texas. Yeah. All right. Do I need to change my accent? Uh, No, you're good there. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, girl, I got my cowboy boots ready and I ain't kidding. They some kicking ones, too. (laughs) Bring them. Bring them. Yeah. I just have to get me one of those dresses with the ruffles. (laughs) Well, we can find you some of those. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We'll have to go shopping. Girl, we ain't going to have time for that. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I was just thinking. I might have to make this a week-long thing. (laughs) (laughs) Come for the week. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. Well, thank you again, and I look forward to seeing you soon. It'll be here before we know it. Yes. Awesome. And after, um, sometime after January, we'll have to do another episode for you with the podcast. Let's do it. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for letting me be a voice to to the stepmom community. And thank you. and, And thank you for what you're doing, too, with not just... Well, that's what I was going to say is thank you for doing what you're doing because um, I know it's not easy. I know that we do it from our heart and um, sometimes that hurts to do it from your heart. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, you have a great day. Thank you so much, Lori. Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. I enjoyed talking to Melanie. I did too. She's so sweet. (laughs) If you say so. (laughs) 
David. <laughs> I like how we discussed balancing the stepmom and bio mom role and how it's like. Um, I know I should probably not tell David this or say this around David because it will give him ammunition, but it's like we have to have split personalities. <laughs> Go ahead, David. <laughs> Look, you and I, I came into this relationship, um, <laughs> or should I say I came into this marriage, understanding that you had split personalities. You made that clear to me from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then we had to add one. Stepmom. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So it's funny when you and I were dating, you would, you know, depending on your, your mood or whatever, you would you would name it something else, which I thought was so funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, who am I dealing with today? Am I dealing with Lori? Am I dealing with this other person? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. It's a surprise. No, yeah. But no, you're not schizophrenic. You just. You just had a funny way of naming your personalities as far as My moods. your moods. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought it was cute. Oh, I'm glad. <laughs> then we talked about step family expectations once again and stepmoms versus stepdads. Mm-hmm. It's like night and day, dude. It is. Stepdad's got it going on. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not that you got it going on. Y'all just aren't as high strung, combative, cray cray. Whoa, 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 whoa. Calm down, calm down, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> you just lazy, what? uninvolved. Oh my gosh! And dumping your responsibilities off on these poor women. No. Yeah, that make us cray cray. No. Yeah, yeah. Tell the truth. I will not buy into that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we talked about my house, my rules. Yeah. And it does bother me when people say that. And it, honestly, I think it's because I moved into your house. <laughs> yeah. Because if you would have been like, it's my house and my rules, I'd have been like, oh, no, 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 no. That is not how this is going to work. Yeah. Because you can't make the other person feel like that their house is not their home. That's not fair. I have big issues with when people say that, you know, my house, my home. I mean, I can my understand. House, my home. Yeah, my house, my home. <laughs> um, I can understand people not wanting their stuff tore up and the stepkids come in and they tear up the walls, put holes in the sheetrock, you know, things like that, or spill stuff on the carpet. Granted, I can understand that. Mm-hmm. And maybe, well, I know it would have been different if y'all would have moved into my house, but I would hope that I would have never been like, my house, my rules, because then that's like, well, where do you live? Yeah. Yeah, you have no place here. Right. Yeah. So you don't feel included. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a tough stance to take uh, because you do – ostracize everybody else and you put yourself and your own needs above everybody else. Well, that's that's, what I was going to say. And I'm probably going to get ostracized for this, but it's selfish. mm -hmm. It is. I don't think they mean it in that way. No, I think some of them do. Okay. (laughs) I'll try to give you something off the hook, but there you go. Yeah. You you can't be in the Facebook groups because you want to go off on people. (laughs) That is true. That is true. I, I do. Well, we've talked about it before and I'll be, I will publicly admit it that, I I will help somebody who is trying to help themselves. I will go out of my way to help people who who are making progress and and really want it. But those people that that just want to complain and they're not trying to do things, um, I I just yeah, I, I just rather blow them up in the you nacho them. Yeah, I do nacho them, but I do also. <sighs> no, never mind. I can't say it. David, you can't leave people hanging like that. No. Come on. You have to join the academy if you want to hear rest. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> People will be like, all they do is say, you got to join the academy. <laughs> no, I just, I I get upset with them. And I think the reason I get upset with people is because when you know how to help somebody and and 
you can get them out of the predicament they in, but they won't take a step forward. Mm-hmm. It's frustrating. And, it, and it, it's like they're in quicksand and they're drowning and you're holding out a stick. And it's like, all you have to do is just reach forward and then you have to pull a little bit. You've got to give me some effort here. Well, and then that's what people are going, well, why has it got to be me? Yeah, why, why have I got to do Why can't this? you just take yeah. the stick and poke it through my head and lift me out? <laughs> yeah, go get a longer stick or whatever. Yeah. Or so there's, there's always all these excuses. And I'm like, you, but you've got to do your part. You've got mm-hmm. to do something to pull yourself out of this. Yeah. And, um, and it's like, well, I don't like that stick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, really? You're drowning in quicksand and you're going to complain about the stick that I have, mm-hmm. to, that I have to pull you out. It, that's that's was frustrating to me, and and I I will quickly get to a point where I'll just like screw it, I'll just drop a stick on the ground, and you just figure it out on your own. Bye bye. Yeah, I'm gone because I got other people that really do want that help, mm-hmm. and I owe it to them to give them the best I have, not to the people who are just wanting to drown so they can complain about drowning and blame it on you. Okay, I've said my piece. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, folks, I kind of started that one. You sure did. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I get frustrated too, but I think I'm more um, compassionate than you are. Oh, Lord, here we go. Yeah. Um, I'm sure we've talked about this before, but I am. I just, I'm like, yeah, but da, 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 da. And you're more like, well, until they make an effort to do something to better themselves, you're wasting your time. But I've proven myself to be right. Oh, gosh. Here we go. So many times. Hashtag David is right. Look, I, I hate that it's that way. <laughs> Not the I'm right thing, but I don't hate that part. The, the part I hate is that I hate that part. The part that I hate is that when when you do go out of your way to help people, almost a hundred percent of the time, these people will not do anything to help themselves. It's terrible. a lot of, but see here I go with my whole. <laughs> but a lot of that's because they're scared, and even though they're miserable in their zone that they're in now, it's their comfort zone. It's yeah, hard it's, for people to break out of their comfort zone, even even abuse people that are kidnapped, like those little kids that were kidnapped at age 10 and lived in, behind the house in a tent, and they were afraid to leave because mm-hmm. they had become comfortable with their misery or their... Yeah, um, I, I can see that, but what, what I'm talking about is things like... Um, you know, early on before we had the academy, you were doing like coaching calls mm-hmm. um, and it would be it's one to one coaching calls. And and you were not charging anybody anything for this a massive amount of time you were spending with them. Mm-hmm. And people would not show up for the call when they were supposed to or they would reschedule several times or I mean, you name it. There were so many things around it. It's like. I'm giving you my time completely free to try to help you and you won't even you won't even show up on time mm-hmm. or you won't even show up at all. You don't even tell me you're not going to be there and then you'll send me an email 3 days later. Oh, I'm sorry, I missed the call. Dude, that burns me up. Yeah. That burns me up. Well, that's why you had to explain to me the importance of um having skin in the game and people don't value what's free basically. No, they don't. People don't value what the, what costs them nothing. Right. And so there right. has to be a cost involved before people value it. It's that way with everything in life. Unfortunately, it is just one of those things that is hardwired in into us. <laughs> All right. So that is our show for today, folks. Hope you enjoyed it. Oh, 20- wait, David, David, David. What, what, what? Tell them about the contest. It's still going. Oh, if you're still hanging on at this point. 
<laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. So you can go to notyourkids.com slash reviews. Review. Review. I always get it wrong. Notyourkids.com slash review. We're having a contest going. You could get free membership to the Academy. So here we go. We talked about the Academy. You have to be entered into a drawing. So go check that out. All the information is there about that program. Anything else? That's it. All right. Great. We'll see you guys next week. Peace out. Girl Scout. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.